The LA Clippers won their third straight game and made it 22 of their last 28 and 17 out of their last 20 with the win over the Memphis Grizzlies on Friday night. It was a very shorthanded Memphis team, but it ended up being the season high for Paul George. What was the key to unlocking the Clippers offense? How did they run away with this game? And is there anyone playing better right now than the Clippers? Going to be talking about it all on today's Locked On. We're rolling on all cylinders. Clippers! Yes, sir. You are locking in with the Clips. Thank you for making Locked On Clippers the first listen of your day, your team every day. I'm your host, Darren Viziri, born and raised in L.A. and in my 19th season as a Clipper fan. You can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Dime Dropper Pod and subscribe to my own YouTube channel, Dime Dropper, where I was directly live after Friday night's game to break it down. And Locked On Clippers is free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube, where I want you to let me know who you thought was the player of the game in this one if there was and if there was anything that concerned you and I don't want it to be the bench warmers I get it second game in a row where the bench warmers the third stringers kind of allowed the other team to make a run but I don't take that seriously at all the game was already in the refrigerator I'm not going to say anything about the fourth quarter in this episode Clippers did get outscored in that quarter 40 to 28 but they were fine the rest of the way and they led by as many as 23 in this game and won it 128 to 119 to move on to 25 and 13 on the season. We're back to 500 away from home in nine and nine. We are 22 and six since we made the change of putting Russell Westbrook on the bench and bringing Terrace Mann into the starting lineup. We're 17 and three in our last 20. We've won three in a row. We've won eight out of nine. The Clippers are absolutely rolling right now the only loss in the last nine was that laker game and of course the three losses were the lakers and then the two without Kawhi against boston and oklahoma city there are not many teams playing better than the clippers right now But before we do that let's just talk about the game and the game we were playing against the memphis grizzlies team that was severely shorthanded no john morant who's out for the year no brandon clark who's out until at least like february no stephen adams who's out for the year no santi aldama who's been one of their leading scorers no marcus smart so you had to come in and expect the clippers to take this one by the scruff of the neck and it actually took a while it was a very slow start sloppy offense you know grizzlies were switching a lot yet xavier tillman guarding Kawhi, desmond bain guarding paul george vince williams guarding james harden jaron jackson and tillman would split time on Kawhi, but it's just a lot of switching from memphis so you know it's going to force a lot of one-on-one play and in the beginning the clippers didn't fully get going with that and on the Clippers side, we're going to switch one through four, obviously. And I thought we did a pretty good job defensively the whole game. Now, one thing I noticed that we were doing was we were blitzing Desmond Bain. Mike Fratello called that out in commentary. And part of the reason we do that is because he's such a good pull-up shooter. And the Grizzlies are not shooting well from three this season. So you blitz him, make him get rid of the ball, make somebody else beat you. And you know the funniest part is that Memphis actually shot really well from three. They shot 40%, 41%. From three in the game, but 
it, from the field, they only shot 43%, and from the free throw line, 70%, whereas the Clippers shot 55% from the field, 48% from three. They actually didn't shoot that well from the line this game for a change. They've been shooting really well from the line lately, just 15 for 20 in this one. But the three-point percentage by the Clippers, 48%. We're second in the league right now behind Oklahoma City in three-point percentage, and it's by like 0.4 percentage points. We could be the best three-point shooting team in the league this year by season's end. And that's never a bad stat to have. Never, because we already play defense. I'm excited about the possibility because what I love is that the Clippers don't take too many. And there's a lot of people, including in Clippers brass, that wants the Clippers to take more threes. I think this is why we're always top in percentage because we don't overdo it. We have Harden now, so we're going to take more, but we don't overdo it. I always believe in taking the right threes and taking more if you have rhythm than we got to take this many number of threes going into the game because of the math. I just, I'm not a fan of that approach. I think you got to... I think basketball is a game where you have to read and react and see how things are going. And yeah, of course, in today's NBA, you basically have to shoot 33s a night. But I think the way you run your offense generates that naturally. I don't think you need to force stuff, if that makes sense. But blitzing Desmond Bain, forcing other guys to beat us. And they started out actually winning 26 to 23 after the first. We were just really cold, just weren't making shots. Paul George, funny enough, in the first quarter, he was actually one for five. The rest of the game, 11 for 13. The guy caught fire. And it started in the second half of the second quarter uh, where he just started going off. He hit four threes. Four threes in the, I'm sorry, three threes in the second quarter, four in the first half. He had 13 points in the second, and it was just coming easy to him. He played the whole quarter, he and uh, James Harden. And it was funny. I think they kind of split it. James Harden in the first half of the second quarter was dominating everything. He was finding guys on pick and rolls, whether it be Tice for a lob. He found Amir Coffee for a double drag corner three. Then he had a floater. He had a four-point play. He kind of took over the game, you know. And, and James Harden, I like the way he's been selective about the time that he's taken over the game and really put, you know, gone into his ball dominance. And sometimes the Clippers allow that, and it pays off with good stretches of offensive basketball. Paul George, though, in the second half of the quarter, as I said, he just got really hot, hitting contested shots, step backs in the right corner. I just love the way Paul George has been shooting the ball lately. It's been a nice mix. It feels like the mix that he's always wanted of catch-and-shoot looks, shots coming off screens, and then some isolation in there. And I think he's kept in rhythm. And what's amazing is, he hasn't really been getting to the foul line like that. Let me see how many free throws he got in this game. He got six free throws in this game, and he made all six. So I love to see that. But his jumper's just been falling lately. And I know one of my problems with Paul George is he falls too in love with that three-ball and contested jumpers. But let me tell you something. When it's going in, by all means, take them. If it's going in and you're feeling it, keep taking them. And Paul George has been scorching hot from deep lately. Just scorching hot. But yeah, he really took over. Clippers were up by 12 at halftime. The second quarter, we shot 16 for 20 from the field and 7 for 10 from three. And it was a mix of everything. Amir Coffey had a great quarter. He actually had seven points in the second. So you had James Harden with eight in the second, Paul George with 13, and Amir Coffey with seven. So just off those alone, those three players, you have 28 points. 
in the quarter. Russell Westbrook, he actually didn't play the quarter at all. I'll talk about him a little bit later. Um, but yeah, what an electric second quarter for the Clips. And that's where we really created separation. We led 42-27, or outscored them 42-27 in the second quarter. And we had a 65-53 to lead at the half. Both teams were shooting well from three. It's crazy because at one point in the first quarter, Memphis actually had a seven-point lead. So it wasn't like it was always easy. But also, I didn't mention this, but some Norm curls in the second quarter. Norm, uh, Norm, Norm curling from left to right, getting a couple of buckets. And I thought Daniel Tice was really good as well throughout the game, but also just in that first half. I thought he, he, you know, he hit that open three he took from the top of the key, finishing around the basket, feeding off of James Harden or Russell Westbrook. Good defense, switching a lot, active at the rim, got a couple of blocks, and had an amazing outlet pass to Paul George in that second quarter. That was amazing. I haven't really seen that from, um, what's his name, from Daniel Tice. So really cool to see that. And then in the third quarter, I mean, it's really not much to say. It was... 35 to 26 in favor of the Clippers, but the fourth quarter, right before the Grizzlies made their little run, their fake run, Paul George, he had 13 points to put the Clippers up 124 to 104. And there was a couple of times they were just switching, sorry, 15 points in the fourth on five for six shooting. There were a couple of times they were just switching that Jake LaRavia guy onto him. And I was like, what are they thinking here? Like, you want this guy to guard Paul George? And Paul just rose up over the top and was just draining in his face. Mid-range, turnarounds. Actually, I don't know if he had a turnaround, but mid-ranges, 18-footers. He was in his bag. And when PG is in his bag, he's one of the most aesthetically pleasing players to watch in the NBA. I thought defensively he was pretty good as well. And the team defense was, it was okay. It could be better. But again, 40 points in the fourth quarter. That doesn't really move me. I thought the defense was pretty solid. Paul George season high for him love to see it and it felt so effortless too 37 points three rebounds one assist two steals he did turn the ball over four times though that's one thing you'd like to see that him keep down we turned the ball over in this game 12 times so he got a third of them that's not good but two of them were ridiculous double dribbles that he fumbled the ball they weren't actually double dribbles in my opinion so bad calls he shot 66% from the field, 70 from three, and 100 from the line. 12 for 18 from the field, 7 for 10 from three, 6 for 6 from the line in 35 minutes. Podcast P continues to play at an extremely high level. He is playing at a very high level right now. He absolutely, unequivocally deserves to be, deserves to be an all-star. He's increased his average in the last couple of games from 23 points a game. Now he's averaging 24 points a game. He's averaging the exact same amount of points that he did last year, 23.8. And he's shooting 47% from the field, which is his highest of his career. Wow, if it was to end, if, if the season was to end today, he'd be shooting the highest field goal percentage of his career, and he'd be shooting the highest three-point percentage of his career with 42, and the highest free throw percentage with 92. Let's see if that stays. But Paul George has only missed two games this season. We're 25 and 13, and that's not coincidence. Put some respect on Mr. Podcast. And coming up, going to be talking about the Clippers and why they're just so hard to beat right now. I got to tell you a little something about Jace Medical. 
I know we come to sports to escape from some of the crazy realities of real life, but can we talk just for a minute about preparing for real life? According to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin right in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade. This is scary. I can't imagine a more helpless feeling than if my sister or one of my parents got sick while a supply chain issue kept them from the life-saving medication they needed. Thankfully, we'll be okay because of Jace Medical. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, sinusitis, skin infections, among others. This stuff could happen to any of us. Visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important to be prepared than today. Go to jacemedical.com and use offer code LOCKEDON to get $20 off your first order. All right, so the Clippers beating the Memphis Grizzlies in their fourth and final matchup of the season this year, beating them by a score of 128 to 119. We win the season series against them three games to one. We should have been 4-0. That first game at home with James Harden was insanely disappointing. It looked like a completely discombobulated team entirely. But I'll tell you this, the Clippers continue to improve with each passing game, and that is what you want to see. Actually, we haven't played the Grizzlies a second time in Memphis yet. I don't know why I said that. We're playing them on February 23rd. So never mind. The season series is not over. It's 2-1 to one Clippers. We've won the last two games, but we should win that last one because they have so many injuries. It doesn't even matter. Why is it so hard to beat the Clippers right now? We just have too much talent on most nights. That's the simple fact. We have too much talent on most nights. I haven't even mentioned Kawhi Leonard, who I thought was very good yet again. Right now, Kawhi Leonard is playing better than any Clipper we have ever seen. And that's not surprising, but it's amazing to say that. It's amazing to be in the moment and acknowledge it and not be insanely worried. I mean, I am still worried in the back of my mind about you know, the I word, but right now it's not happening. And I'm going to keep knocking on wood. I'm going to keep mentioning it and knocking it on. I'm going to keep mentioning it and knocking on wood because you guys have seen. It seems like the formula. I'm obviously joking, guys. Don't take me seriously here. But it seems like the formula is me mentioning the, the fact that they haven't been injured every single game. Because <laughs> it just, right now, I, I, it's so, I can't even believe what I'm seeing. I can't believe it. 38 games into the season. We're 25 and 13 and Kawhi's only missed four games. I'm going to look like such a clown if he stays healthy for the whole season in playoffs. And I want to be a clown. I'll put a red nose on on this show. I thought this era was cooked because of health. And right now they're showing, don't give up so soon. We still got something. And I'll tell you this. You might be thinking, don't say this now if the playoffs haven't started. It doesn't matter. You need good health in the regular season to be a good playoff team 90% of the time, 99% of the time. Because you build good habits. That's what it is. That's, what's all, that's what it's all about in the regular season. And that's why this Clipper team this year 
it genuinely feels different because it is different. It's not just that we have James Harden. It's not that just that we have Westbrook from the beginning of the season. It's the top-down approach to attack every game with the feeling of let's win every game we can and let's see where we're seated at the end. Let's see. Let's try to get as high a seat as we can. As we can. Not let's just wait till the playoffs see if we're healthy and then wherever we are, we'll let the chips fall where they may. That's not how you win championships. That's not how you build good habits. You you have to respect the regular season and the Clippers have emphasized that before the season even tipped off and they have backed up every last word so far. And it starts with the approach of playing every single game from our players and our medical staff, whoever was in charge of those decisions. Kawhi Leonard in this game defensively, sharp backline protection as we've seen throughout the season. Jaron Jackson Jr. uh, was the guy that he was guarding a lot. Paul George, same thing. And he was held to 6 for 20 from the field. Desmond Bain, 3 for 11 from the field. And Jaron, by the way, Jaron Jackson, he shot 1 for 8 from 3. So the Clippers are going to live with those kind of shots. The leading scorer for Memphis was Jaron Jackson with 21 points. But Kawhi Leonard... He had eight points in the first quarter. His contested mid-ranges, beautiful. He had that tur- He had a turnaround into a double team in the first quarter. Turnaround over his left shoulder in the right corner into Jaron Jackson coming and doubling him, and he still made it. His shot-making ability is just amazing. The fact that he legit just does not have bad defensive games is also an incredible luxury for your best player. And in this game, he had 22 points, seven rebounds, four assists, Two steals, two blocks, just one turnover on another incredibly efficient night of 10 for 16 from the field, two for five from three. Sadly, he did not get any free throw attempts, but man, as efficient as it gets for Kawhi, I am really starting to get used to seeing him play on a nightly basis. And it is what I felt in 2020 before the bubble. And I haven't felt that feeling since Uh, 2021. I was still so mad about the bubble. I just like didn't buy into it all until the playoffs. When I say buy into it, I just mean I didn't believe. I still watched every single game and did a breakdown of it, but I just didn't really believe until the playoffs that we could go to the conference finals. I just felt like something bad was going to happen because that that was my, like, after the bubble, how could you not feel that way? However, and then last year, like, right when I was starting to get used to seeing Kawhi play as a Clipper, injuries i'm really starting to get used to it right now seeing him live and i think i have i have gotten used to it which is crazy because it's been five years but better late than never right and it was on the verge of being i just never really got used to seeing Kawhi play as a clipper live now i'm getting used to it and i love it it's exactly what i envisioned it's exactly why i said july 5th 2019 was one of the best days of my life because that was a huge moment for this organization huge monumental russell westbrook I thought he brought some great intensity off the bench in the sense... I thought in the first half, he had some good and some bad. He had a made three. He got to the paint a couple of times and fed it off to Zoo. There was one possession where he did a really good job of navigating when they kept going under the screen. He kept re- getting a re-screen. And then he... You know, when guys go under the screen, there's a little bit of separation. If you can hit a burst there and try to get by them on that separation, even though they're back, even though they've stepped, had a couple... Uh, taking a couple of steps back. That's one way to try to beat it. Sometimes you just don't create enough separation because the guy is already a couple steps behind you waiting. But Russ, he has such a great uh, first step. He 
burst by, drew a second defender, and dropped it off to Zoo outside the restricted area for one of those little push shots. I thought Russ had some good moments of just getting to the paint and making things happen. And he just consistently gets in the paint. And that's one thing you love to see. In this game, though, he didn't play that much. 16 minutes, 12 points. It was great to see him in double figures, though. 12 points, 2 assists, 2 rebounds, just 1 turnover. 5 for 11 from the field. So, again, you like to see Russ keeping it efficient. 1 for 3 from the line, though. You like to see at least one of those, one more of those go in. And then 1 for 3 from deep. What do I always say? Uh, when Russ shoots two threes, if he's 0 for 2, don't shoot anymore. If he's 1 for 2, you can take that third. If you miss that third, don't shoot the fourth. He listened in this one. One for three from deep. I thought Russ, getting double figures off the bench, getting Russell Westbrook and his intensity off the bench, it always helps. Um, I thought James Harden, as I said, very good. 11 points, nine assists. Defense was a little bit lazy, but I'm not going to complain too much. Three for seven from the field, two for four from three, and three for three from the line. So not that many shots for James Harden. He did have the ball, though, a lot. He played 28 minutes, and he was the highest in the plus-minus of any Clipper with a plus-20, and that showed with that second-quarter run that he sparked us to be on. Amir Coffey, he was excellent on both ends of the floor. He continues to play really well, had some fallaways going to his left. I love the Brewmaster. I love that this trade has given him the opportunity to play consistent minutes and be part of this rotation because he's one of our homegrown guys, and he really deserves it. He's a solid player. We've known this for a while. Kawhi said it after the game that in 2022, you know, that's when he got a lot of reps and he just hasn't had a chance. Amir in this game, 13 points on six for six shooting. Didn't miss one shot. One for one from three. Very solid game from him in 26 minutes of play. And yeah, coming up, going to keep talking about other Clipper players, Ivica Zubats, Terrence Mann, Daniel Tice, Norman Powell, and then... Going to be talking about a real thing, a real question. Is anyone better than the Clippers right now? Let's talk about it coming up. I got to tell you a little something about Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the best daily fantasy sports platform in North America, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. And here's how it works all you got to do is pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections, and then you let the winnings roll in. With basketball season and football season happening simultaneously, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League, a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, you can take Kawhi Leonard more points, and then you can take... Take Puka Nakua on touchdowns. Prize Picks even offers a reboot policy so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets hurt. So for football and basketball games, you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second, that player is rebooted. Prize Picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an insurance policy. All you got to do is go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA and use code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA and use code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy.
All right. So to finish things off, the Clippers 128-119 win over the Grizzlies, their third win in a row, eight and nine games, 17th in the last 20 and 22nd in the last 28. Daniel Tice mentioned him just everywhere. Seven points, five rebounds, four assists, getting better in those short roll situations, two steals and three blocks, no turnovers, plus 14 in 22 minutes on two for four shooting, one for one from three. Excuse me? Two steals and three blocks for Tice. Tice, Tice, baby. This guy has been a revelation with a capital L.A. since he's joined us. I cannot believe the level that he's played at. Sorry, Mason. I love you. I love the way you're sacrificing. But right now at the Tice show, and then we got Norman Powell who continues to just be extremely efficient in his role if there hasn't been a six man of the year ladder and he's not on it they've got a serious problem because he should be on it i know i don't watch every single team like i do my clips but he should absolutely be on it over austin reeves over chris paul like i can't even think of i'd have to really think about it he should be on there no doubt in my mind 11 points five rebounds for him on five for eight shooting. He didn't actually make his two three-point three attempts, but he was five for six from two overall. He'll take that all day. Only one free throw attempt, and he made it on an and one. 24 minutes for Norm to match his number. He was very good. And then Terrence Mann didn't hit the three ball like he has been in the last couple of games, but always contributing defensively, getting big rebounds. Mike Fratello called it out in commentary. He always makes the big little plays that you don't notice. Seven points, five rebounds, continues to play good defense. No, only, I'm sorry, only one turnover. He was three for eight from the field and one for four from three. Terrence just continues to excel in that role that he's been given as our starter, which we've been asking for for a millennium now. Love that. Hopefully he'll continue. Let's see what his three-point percentage is now as of Saturday, January 13th. He is shooting 28% on the season. So we're almost at 30, ladies and gentlemen. We're almost there. We're going to break through, and we're never going to look back. In the last 10, he's shooting 37%. So encouraging signs. And then Zubats. This was actually a quieter game for him. But let me tell you something. If it's a Zubats, when guys get blown by, he will bail them out completely. Like the way he has anchored our defense this season, you cannot say enough about it like he has been one of the top 10 to 15 centers in the league this year and in this game his stat line doesn't really fully show that six points 11 boards but four of those offensive rebounds two blocks he only shot five times and he made two of them made both of his free throws only played 22 minutes but i can't emphasize enough just how well zubats has played this year and he deserves more credit clippers with a big win right now is anyone better I think only Boston can be in that conversation. I think OKC is very good. I think Minnesota is very good. I'm excited for the Minnesota game on Sunday. I think it's going to be really an intriguing one to see how the length of Jaden McDaniels and Anthony Edwards, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Kyle Anderson bother the Clippers, especially with Rudy Gobert sitting down there. Even though, you know, he's Terrence Mann's son. <laughs> but right now there's no one playing better than us. We have Kawhi Leonard, which... He's a top three to five player in the NBA when healthy. Steph Curry is not playing better than him right now. LeBron James and Anthony Davis are not playing better than him right now, although Anthony Davis is having a great season. 
Kevin Durant is not playing better than him right now. Devin Booker is not playing better than him right now. Jimmy Butler is not playing better than him right now. Jason Tatum is not playing better than him right now. Kawhi Leonard is as good as anyone. And we have him on our team healthy. The only problem with Kawhi Leonard is health. Nothing else. And right now he's healthy. And then we have Paul George, who's never gotten to be a clear-cut second scorer on a, on a, on a playoff team. Never. He's always played as the number one scorer, whether with Westbrook or in Indiana. He's never gotten a chance to be a second scorer besides the bubble on a playoff team. If he can stay healthy, he'll get that chance to do it again. 2021 he did, and we were about to go all the way, it seemed. And then you know the rest. And we have a third star, and we've never had a third star. And he's balling right now, James Harden. And Russell Westbrook off the bench. Are you insane? And Norman Powell. We have two guys that could be a six-man-of-the-year candidate on the bench. I don't think Westbrook, because the lack of minutes he's gone, but I mean like his impact, if he were to get more, he would be, I think, in the conversation. But yeah, there's no one playing better right now, really. I'm not just saying that because I'm your host. There really isn't. It's amazing. And I'm just not going to... I'm going to continue to not make any bold statements. No bold takes. No, we're doing this this season. No, we're doing this. Is this the best Clipper team of all time? I see that's a question that's being asked a lot. On the eye test, on the talent, as far as ceiling, absolutely. But I can't call them the best until they produce with results. Or else it's just going to be, they were the best, but they got hurt. No, or this happened. No. You got to prove it with results. We've been 25 and 13 before. We've been, we were 28 and 9 at one point. We were 28 and 10 in 2013. And don't say, oh, the West is better now. Maybe top to bottom, maybe from 1 to 15. But the, that, well, the West in the 2010s was ridiculous and 2000s. It was elite, more elite teams. Like San Antonio and OKC, they were powerhouses. Besides the Nuggets, we don't really have a powerhouse right now. Actually, we do. And you're looking at the host of that podcast of that team. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Dime Dropper Pod. Subscribe to my own YouTube channel, Dime Dropper, for even more LA Clipper and LA sports content and NBA content. And Locked On Clippers is free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Let me know what you think in the comment section about PG's performance. And just give me your thoughts on the team right now and your predictions for the Minnesota game. What are your keys for that one? It's going to be a big one. Sunday, 4 o'clock Pacific time. Let's see how it goes. It's NFL playoffs this weekend, so it's a very hectic weekend in sports. Internationally, you have the uh, Asian Cup and the African Cup in soccer. It's a big-time weekend in sports. So enjoy it and relish that your team is arguably the best in the league. The age-old proverb continues. Go Clippers. We coming for those top three seeds, Denver, OKC, and Minnesota, and we're going to start on Sunday taking names.